0: Hi everybody, Kira Dyer here. This is our attempt at our first podcast ever. Um, I'm going to start with a little recording, a little snippet of Emma playing the piano and singing and stay tuned until the end when there's more than just a snippet. I want you to stay
1: everybody. We are Duff and Kira Dyer. Uh, this is our new podcast. We've decided to name it Loving an Addict. Right, babe? That's right. Yeah. So, just a quick intro. Uh, my name's Duff Dyer. I'm married to that hot dish right there. <laughs> Almost 29 years. Um, grew up in Tacoma, Washington. I'm the oldest of six kids, and we have five daughters, three living and with our recent experience, uh, tragedy of losing um, our daughter, Emma, to an accidental overdose, we did a podcast recently with a friend of ours. We had so much positive feedback, we decided that we would do this as well. So we live in Lincoln, California, and we met, uh, Kira and I, we met at in Rexburg, Idaho. At the time it was called Rick's College. It's now BYU-Idaho. And the moment I saw her, I knew that I was going to have to convince her to feel the way that I did, which it took me a few weeks, but I did. So, your turn.
0: It's my turn. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like you said, I am a mother of five girls. Um, Our oldest was Isabel. She was a stillborn and is buried in Washington with our second, Emma um, they are there together now. Um, I grew up in Eastern Idaho. Um, I'm passionate about my family, my girls and healthy living, um, and creating. I love to create. So that's a teeny tiny little snippet of who we are.
1: Um, she's better than just creating. She fixes everything. (laughs) Anytime something breaks at the house, it's like, mom, come And Like I'm sitting right there. It doesn't really matter. So, (laughs) My wife is extremely good with her hands. She's very industrious, and and quite lovely. <laughs> so, why are we doing the podcast? Um, I, I mentioned that at first, that the, at the start, we had we didn't realize that we would have such a so much positive responses, and it's even grown to hey, um, other other things that you you two can do that can help or benefit other families. Um, the podcast that we did was with Tony Overbay, a family friend and a therapist, counselor. Love this guy. Uh, there's Apparently the podcast we did reached 110 different countries, which is kind of hard to believe. So our hope is that we can over time talk about how we're able to get through this and navigate these crazy treacherous waters at times and still uh, be okay and even at times better than than okay so you want to add anything to that
0: uh well just when the reason we did his podcast and and it was relatively it had only been four months since we lost Emma correct
1: no it had been a couple months when we did the podcast it's been five now
0: right yeah yeah so two or three months isn't in. she so
1: cute by the way <laughs>
0: Um, One of the reasons we did that is we didn't want people to feel alone in that same situation. One of the, you know, early on and really different times throughout this journey with Emma, we felt like we were on an island and didn't didn't know who to reach out to or who we could ask advice for. And so we didn't want other families to feel that way. Um, And the other part of it, we got a lot of, you know, how how are you doing this? How 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 are you carrying on? How are you um, moving forward? Um, so we we just wanted to kind of share what we've been through and, and what's working for us.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I got some great advice from somebody who doesn't even know me. Uh, his name is Andrew Huberman. He has a great podcast psychologist, and um, he I heard him say once, when you feel like you just can't do anything, Um, and I'm sure there's thousands, if not millions, of people that are struggling with all kinds of various forms of mental health and depression and things and anxiety and stuff, and he's like, look, if you, you can't get out of bed, the recommendation is do something slightly harder than laying in bed, and I, I I don't know all the psychology behind it, but he said that when you get stuck in, in at times, instead of trying to get yourself to like go to the gym, which might seem huge or or like a huge event, or uh, I knock doors for a living. I, I I'm with a team of door to door guys out here. We do solar, and some days I'm like oh gosh, I just don't feel like doing that today. The advice is. Maybe if you can't get yourself to do that thing, that task, do something that's a little bit harder than what you're doing right now. Even if it's just unload the dishwasher, make the bed, mow the lawn. It's crazy how your, our brains then kind of crave more difficult tasks to, to perform. I mention that because I have personally had to do that these last four or five months. I feel like we've done that as well at times together as a couple. And so I thought that was really helpful advice for me in regards to this particular situation.
0: So how about an intro to kind of Emma's story? Okay. We talked about that on Tony's podcast, but how about we just kind of do a back and forth with kind of her journey and ours?
1: Well, you carried her, (laughs) so you felt her before I did. Mm -hmm. You want to start? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here it comes.
0: That's where you start?
1: <laughs> okay. So, um, I'm Emma's dad. She was born May of 1995. And um, she actually has a an older sister named Isabel that was a stillborn about 14 months before. So, Emma was born and... Um, was basically the first grandchild in our family, the first child in our family was the bell at the ball. Um, You know, the first children, which I I know very well what that's like, because I'm the oldest of six. Gets a lot of attention and just lit up every room, no matter how old she was, no matter where she was. And lived most of her life in University Place, Washington, which is where I grew up. Shout out, Curtis Vikings. Until, uh, and we'll get into some of this stuff until uh, about 17 years when we decided that she should spend a year away at a a treatment facility for teenagers that struggle with addiction and behavior problems and things like that. And from the time she was about 16, 17, um, there were there was a, just a lot of trial and there's a lot of suffering. There's a lot of um, ups and downs, a lot of downs, and and we probably should calculate this, but I think she had five or six separate um, visits to various types of treatment facilities to try and overcome her addictions. March 13th of this year, we uh, lost her to an accidental overdose. And um, there's a lot of events that led up to, to that as well. What, what I'd like people to understand is we've realized that there's a lot of families that have struggled with, the, with this type of situation, whether it's a child, whether it's a sibling, a parent, close family. And we just want everybody to know you're not alone, and it's okay right? Like it really is okay to have these types of struggles. We feel like we have been super blessed, lucky maybe, but certainly very fortunate to be in the position that we're in to be able to talk about it and share it with people because we really are doing quite well, even though every day we carry tremendous pain. (laughs) And some days are a lot harder than others. And some days aren't. Um, in fact, why don't you talk about how we've been able to do that together?
0: Um, I think there's a couple things. We wrote a couple notes that were kind of helpful um, to, to us in this journey. Um, some of it is that we gave each other space for our different grieving. So um
1: I feel like it's unconditional space.
0: Yeah, and know. what I mean by space is like if if I I'm leaving space for Duff to grieve the way he needs to grieve and if it's not in my space in my
1: form of grief. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. in my way, then that's okay. Totally okay. Like for example, the the one that <laughs> the one that sticks out to me the most is right after we found out um, that we would need to take her off life support. We, we knew this situation was dire. We knew that it was not looking good, but we were waiting for an MRI result to say what was happening in her brain, like what activity there was in her brain. And Duff and I had both <clears throat> felt um, prompted to pray for a definite answer. Result. Result, yeah. We did not want them to come back and say, well, I guess we'll just wait and see. I guess we'll just... We're going to need to see how this plays out. We, we didn't want to drag on the inevitable, and um, we needed definite answers. And we were really grateful that we got that. Anyway, that day that we had received that... Um,
1: the news? The
0: news.
1: You were um, alone, by the way. I wasn't there.
0: I was alone. Yeah. I think Which I, made it harder, I think. Would it be beneficial to go through our individual stories Hmm. of maybe what we experienced that week that felt like a month. It felt so long. It did. A little over a week, but that felt so long. Um, Anyway, my, my point is when I found out the news, I, of course, was devastated and just crumpled on the bed and cried. And then when I saw Duff, he, for some reason, the doctor thought it was okay to, tell us separately. It was really strange, but I had my moment of breakdown. And then when I saw him, I broke down again. And then, you know, when I looked up to him, he was smiling. (laughs) I remember thinking, what are you doing? How, how could you smile? But then he kept saying, I'm just so happy for her. And so I knew that was his in that moment it was his peace that he needed to feel and I could have easily said how dare you why Why would you feel that now why would you say that you're happy for her now um, but I was able like I was saying I was able to hold that space for him and say this is the way he's grieving I may grieve in a completely different space and that's okay like there's no wrong way of grieving unless it's hurting someone else or yourself um, so I think he and I were both able to do that. We were both able to say, you know, what do you need now? You know, I think a lot of times we were like, how are you feeling like right now in this moment? Um, and be okay with it being sometimes Not, totally opposite it, of each other. Yeah. yeah. So I think that was really helpful. But that and then... And we were intentional t-
1: about that too. Like we talked about that. We were like, hey, this is going to be a lot of up and down and ebb and flow and you know let's just try really hard to be unconditionally understanding and empathetic and open and available it Came and natural
0: babe I, for me it did for whatever reason I do feel like I was greatly blessed by the ability to, to see it for what it was mm-hmm. and not have to be like oh I gotta really try I gotta really be patient it just at least for me I feel like I was really able to just be blessed with that well that's because you're amazing okay
1: <laughs> And I'm just trying to stay up with you, catch mm-hmm. up to you. But
0: well, the other the other thing I was gonna say is, I feel like it was beneficial that we, because you and I are the only ones that lost a child.
1: In we a were family. the only ones
0: that lost Emma mm-hmm. as a child. Like our girls lost a sister, from, cousins
1: lost a cousin, exactly. And aunts, and uncles lost a niece, niece. friends yes. lost a friend, but we're the only ones that lost a daughter.
0: Right, and it and it just that was that I think that was such a pull for us like it was like because we knew exactly like is my experience a little bit different because I carried her I do believe that a little bit right sure um
1: (laughs) and vice versa as the dad yeah it was a there's a different dynamic that you know Emma and I had that yeah Kara and Emma didn't have because you just can't have the same relationship right you know and that's okay right
0: What I was going to say is, I do believe that because we left, um, we were okay about hashing stuff out over and over. Like so many times we would talk about the exact same thing. We'd be like, do you remember in the hospital when this happened? And you'd say, yeah. And we would talk about it. And then maybe a couple days later, we'd be like, but what about this? Did so-and-so say this? And did the nurse say this? And then this happened? I feel like we were okay with just hashing everything out
1: and and at times if, if we weren't capable or able we would say that and then we'd be okay and we're like okay let's revisit that a different time
0: yeah i can't really like one of us might say might have said i can't really talk about that right now it's not the mm-hmm. time or i'm not able and we're like okay well, well like a great gonna- example
1: is yesterday remember the music line the lines of songs yeah. you know she texted out yeah hey, was hearing songs or lines from songs that Emma used to sing and, and...
0: Well, the reason the reason I did that is it was a peaceful thing for me to sometimes hear some of the songs she sang. Emma had a beautiful voice and mm-hmm. a really original, beautiful voice. And she could sit down on the piano and play by ear and sing a song. And so I would listen to songs over this last five years. And I was like, that could be words she's sang to me now. And so I was I was just struck by, it. in fact, I have just in chance, I have happened to have a couple of them. Um, right here. Um
1: well and for those of you that don't know Emma, was it eighth grade, ninth grade? Went to a choir concert, she had a solo, and as soon as she started like belting out her lines, there was this African American gal behind us who also had a kid in the choir, and I could I heard her go, mm-hmm. This girl got some soul. And she was like eighth grade, right? White girl from University Place, Washington.
0: She just just to give a, you an idea. She, she just she, had an incredible gift.
1: She did. She really did.
0: So yeah. so the reason I thought it was profound is these songs that she was, was singing, like, for example, one of the words um, or one of the phrases, nothing I wouldn't do to make you feel my love. And, and so phrases like that that just... We're like, that's how she feels now. She wants us to have peace. She wants everybody to heal and to be healthy and to, to progress and to find happiness. And so anyway, I sent like a list to family, family. members. Yeah. And I was like, hey, if you want, you should read this if you feel able today.
1: And I wasn't. Like, I, I tried to read a few of them. And it, for whatever reason, it was just ugh, too heavy, too hard at the time. And I just said, hey, I can't, I can't read these right now or today. And this was yesterday. Um, But this morning on our walk, I was like, I'm ready to talk about those, you know, like I was in a better, uh, just a different space, you know, right. And so we've had a lot of that over the last few months back and forth. And I think we've been
0: really patient with one another Mm -hmm. and that's been a huge blessing.
1: So moving forward, if this actually is beneficial for people and I don't know, we get sponsors and, you know, we're on the phone with Red Bull and Mountain Dew and everybody, (laughs) Viagra, um, <laughs> is we want to talk about a lot of different topics. And our whole goal here is to try and help as many families as we can. We we can't protect people from suffering and uh, hard times and, and devastating experience. We can't protect anybody from that. But what we possibly can do is provide... Hope and support, um, and and that there's healing out there, and there's um, there there are those that actually know what you're going through, and we're willing to talk about it and share about it, and so we're going to address things like addiction and grief, mental health. Um, we'd like to, uh, yeah, Emma's uh, essentially Emma's challenges started with a very early pornography addiction. Back when, like, YouTube and Instagram and, and oh, social media.
0: Instagram back then, but yeah, YouTube. You,
1: you, uh, Facebook, you could you could access porn easy before, you know, there were filters and they started, you know, blocking that stuff. Unless you were a certain age, whatever. At, like, 10, 11, 12 years old. So, there's going to be some hard topics that we're going to, we're going to, gonna. We're going to talk about and respond to people's questions. Uh, Our hope is to interview on this podcast professionals in those different industries, again, so that we can try and help as many as we can navigate through some of these really devastatingly hard experiences that that life forces us to go through, right? Well,
0: and I, I personally feel driven. I feel like God has put, like, people in my path, and thoughts in my head that I need to move forward with this. One of the strongest feedbacks that we got that I think at least for me propelled me to keep doing this and keep talking and keep educating and helping and bringing hope and bringing healing was a couple that had reached out to Tony, who who we were on the podcast with his podcast. Um, And they said, after listening to you and how fiercely you loved Emma and supported her and didn't give up on her, we reached out to our child who hadn't talked to in a while. Like 10 years? I don't remember the time period, but um, they decided to reach out to their child. And um, that is huge. If if we could help encourage parents to reconnect or... um, people to somehow keep going through these trials because we know it's, it's rough. It's, you know, when Emma started using drugs, we're talking seven years of uh, extreme highs and extreme lows and everywhere in between that um, we just want to help people navigate. We, you know, like Dev said, we don't want people to feel like they're on an island. We want them to feel like there's some hope out there, basically.
1: There are those. There are others that know, right? And not that it makes it less painful, but it certainly can can be helpful. I think so. No, no question. So the other thing is, we encourage direct uh, messages for things like questions. We've had a lot of people say, I can't even count how many people I actually know, and even strangers that somebody forwarded the podcast to and said, "Hey." We have this situation, what do you think? You know, do you mind if, can we chat? Do you have any suggestions? And um, the reality is, there might not be a lot we can do for people other than help them navigate through stuff like this. These really brutal experiences that life just, like it just kinda happens, right? And then, Uh, It doesn't really matter who you are, what kind of family you've got. Uh, The world is difficult and challenging, and it's really hard sometimes to navigate through these kinds of things. So that's the other goal that we have is to specifically address topics. And again, if we can help, that's what we want to do. And I will say this, you have been the driving force behind this way more than me. Um, I know you love all the attention. So Not
0: and thing. I hate. I'm
1: crazy shy. Like this is so hard for me, but my wife has um I haven't seen her this motivated uh by something other than, you know, people that matter, close friends, family, loved ones, things like that. I haven't seen her this motivated. So, it means we need to do it. That's exactly what it it means, right?
0: I think it's something that could be positive out there. So, so having said that, we want your questions. We want your, um, what do you want to hear? What do you want to hear about? What do you want um, to know? And if you have questions, so we're hoping next time maybe we'll dive into the story a little bit and um, just kind of tell our story, start to begin, start to finish with our whole everything. I mean, we could probably do a whole podcast on the week her last week of her life, but
1: yeah, it would take a few podcasts just to go through the whole journey because it was long.
0: It was long. You know, so things we learned or things we felt or but but there's a lot there's a lot to unpack. So so leave your questions, leave your comments, and not
1: just sorrow and sadness and pain. There's also a lot of incredible, beautiful experiences that come through things like this and miracles at times, and people coming out of the woodwork that show love and support that we didn't even realize knew who we were or cared. So at the end of the day, we're hoping everybody understands that we're here to pass on and share that there's always, always help and And always, always, always And you can always, always heal from these things, which we are, I think, benefiting tremendously from this healing process, even though it's not easy yeah. and it's heavy at times. I, I feel that we are. So I'm the luckiest guy I know. just want you to know.
0: Is that where we end?
1: That's where we end. All right. Okay. We'll see you next week. I want you to-